you are glorious and you deserve all glory. You are the King of Kings, you're the Lord of Lords. We praise you, Lord, because you're the creator. You're the sustainer of this entire universe. You are the redeemer that even when we sinned against you, we rebelled against your holy ways that you chose to redeem us through Christ. And as we embark on this new year, we just turn the calendar to 2016. Lord, I pray that this year will be a year in which we grow in our devotion for you, grow in our love for you. And I pray for your blessing in this time that we have together this morning, that it may inspire us and encourage us and challenge us to follow you more faithfully. We lift up this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, in case you were wondering, uh, Carissa, our worship team leader, is seated this morning. It's because she sprained her foot on Friday. Um, and so just we thought we'd get that out of the way so that rather than having a million questions uh, about it this morning from every person, she'll just have a few questions about it. So, um, so that's what's going on there. Now, I want to read a, ver- a chat or a, not. Let me start over. I want to read a passage, not a verse, not a chapter, but in between those, a passage out of Colossians chapter 1 as we begin our service this morning. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in a city called Colossae, and he writes, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that came to you. So he's, he's thanking God for the faith, hope, and love that the Colossian Christians are living out in their lives. And then he goes on and says, In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since you first heard it and truly understood God's grace. So we see this image of the gospel growing and bearing fruit, not only among the Colossian Christians, but among the whole world. And one of the questions we need to ask is, how does the gospel grow? How does the gospel bear fruit? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ that through his life, death, and resurrection, he has defeated sin and death and enables us to live victorious lives over sin and death and enables us to live the lives that God is calling us to live. But how does the gospel grow and bear fruit? Well, we have to understand that it's a supernatural work. It's by God's grace. It's not something that we do or empower in and of ourselves. For instance, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So God is the one who causes spiritual growth in people's lives. But we still have a responsibility I mean, Paul said, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it. We see throughout Scripture that we have responsibilities to grow as well and help others grow. This is why we, uh, as a church, focus on what we call the up and out triangle that that really features our three key relationships as Christ followers. Our up relationship with God, our in relationship with other Christians within the body of Christ, and then our out relationship with the surrounding world. And we're so focused on these things that actually our mission statement as a church is making disciples of Jesus through up-and-out relationships. And we believe that if a person is, has healthy up-and-out relationships to their gospel focused and shaped by the gospel, then they will be bearing fruit. This is a fuller diagram of the up-and-out triangle that's been around for a number of years. We just don't publicize it quite as much. But we believe if you have healthy up-and-out relationships that are gospel-focused and empowered by the Holy Spirit— then you will be bearing fruit. Fruit in terms of Christ-like character. Fruit in terms of being involved in the process of making more disciples. 
Now, this fruit will look different in different people's lives. Uh, it'll grow at different rates. It will just look different in terms of how people are investing in the process of making disciples. But there is going to be fruit that is born in people's lives as a result of the gospel taking root in their up-in-and-out relationships. And one of the things to celebrate as we turn the calendar to 2016 is that God is at work in our midst. I mean, it's so encouraging. I, can, I mean, I can point to any number of different factors. I mean, one of the things that is encouraging is even the attendance here at Freedance uh, that's grown over the last year or so. If you compare our attendance on Sunday mornings between 2014 and 2015, there's been a 25% increase in our Sunday morning attendance. So that in itself is encouraging, but we have to understand that gospel growth is not defined numerically. I mean, numbers can be deceiving. True gospel growth is displayed through God changing people's lives. And this morning, we're, we're having a very unique service. We're not going to have a normal sermon this morning. It's going to be a unique service that is really featuring what is God doing in and through the people of Freedom's Church. And so with that in mind, I'd like to invite up um, Megan Watry Christian. Megan uh, is going to be sharing a little bit this morning, as are a number of other people who are part of the Freedom's family. And uh, what we're doing this morning is just through the lens of testimonies, interviews um, of, you know, just normal people here in the congregation, we're talking about what is God doing in and through the Freedom's Church. Because gospel growth really is focused on life change. And so, uh, Megan, thank you for being here up here with us this morning. Um, we were going to have Trevor, Megan's husband, up here as well. But Trevor's work schedule recently changed, so he's not able to be with us. But if Trevor was here this morning... He was just going to share about how God has really increased his heart for Christ during the last year. And that was very, very exciting. But because Trevor isn't here this morning, we decided let's ask Megan a couple of additional questions over what we were going to ask her to begin with. So Megan, you've been attending Freedom's here since early 2011. Um, just a few questions for you. First of all, what brought you to Freedom's Church? How did you get connected here? And then what were your first impressions of the church? Um. So in 2011, I was going through a divorce and found myself without a church for the first time in 20 years. And um, it took me a little while to want to find a new church because I felt uh, kind of abandoned and really hurt by my old church. And um, so as I sorted out people stuff from God stuff, I... Um, started thinking about how do you even find a new church? I had always just gone to the denomination in the city that I lived. And so um, I started thinking of people that I knew. And um, Eileen Brown was watching my son um, for daycare. And she was one of the most compassionate, genuine, non-judgmental people that I knew. So, And I knew she was a Christian. She talked about it all the time. Um, and she... So I um, just asked her if she minded if I would come to church with her one time. Um, my first impressions, so to give you a little backstory, I had attended a very traditional structured church for 20 years. And um, so I came here, and during the first song, I thought, oh, man, I'm not coming back here again. I can't do this. Um, thus, the lack of structure... <laughs> was really uncomfortable for me um, because I was used to reading out of the hymnal and you follow the order of service and you read it all together and you repeat and 
um, you sing hymns with the organ playing, and this was just so different. Um, I had not experienced that before. But then during the message, when I heard you preach, and I have no idea what the actual topic was, but I remember um, hearing the gospel and connecting with it in a way that I had never connected before. So I just remember thinking, no matter how bad my life is right now, God's love is bigger. And his love covers everything. And all I need to, to do was repent, and his love would be there for me. And that's why I kept coming back. So now you've been here for a handful of years and gotten very involved in many different ways. Uh, you're a huge blessing to many people here. Um, how have you grown, especially in your relationship with God, that up relationship? How have you grown in these years? In the first part of my Christian life, I was very focused on knowing about God. I, um, I was baptized when I was 10 years old after going to summer camp with my friend. So any kids out there, if you think you can't make a difference, you can, because my 10-year-old best friend brought me to Christ. Um, but I had gone to Bible studies and read books and gone to classes. In college, I was a theology minor. So I tried to find everything I could out about God. Um, when I came here, I realized that my relationship with Jesus was missing. And so I think the biggest shift has been from finding out about God to walking with God and looking at what that looks like. And I had no idea. So um, the Not A Fan series here was the first step of realizing that it's more than listening to Christian music or reading Christian books um, that makes you a Christian. Um, and then once I went through that series um, and that life group, I felt really lost, like I have no idea what to do. And so I talked to Eileen and you about a mentor. And so Doris um, played a huge part in my life for over two years doing one-on-one -on -one mentoring. Almost every week we met. And she just has been an amazing example of what living a Christian life on a day-to-day -day basis as a mom, as a wife, as a woman um, really is like and so I think overall just the amazing Christian friendships that I've developed while I've been here and the support that has been offered through Freedoms has really helped me put my trust in Christ. Cool and um, now you're you're looking ahead to something really cool starting uh, for a week in January 17th this was, if Trevor was here, this is the one question we were going to have you focus on. Um, but you're going on a mission trip to Nicaragua. Um, can you share what that's going to be all about? Yeah, I'm really excited. Two weeks I get to leave. Um, so I teach at Concordia University in our occupational therapy program. And um, there is a medical mission that is currently established by a nurse from Grafton in Nicaragua in a really um, rural coastal area. And she serves nine rural villages there. There are a number of kids, and pediatrics is my specialty area, there are a number of kids with cerebral palsy and Down syndrome and a variety of other developmental delays. And so th 
um, the really neat part about this mission is that the nurse who's there has trained other um, village women to be providing medical care. So she's not just going in and providing American care there. She's training the villagers to provide their own medical care. So part of what I get to do when I go on my trip is to look for ways to train those same women to promote, to promote um, childhood development for the kids with disabilities there. So um, I get to spend a week in Nicaragua in January, which will be hot and sweaty. Um, I've heard 90, 95 degrees with 90% humidity. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm really excited to be God's hands and feet there. And also I've heard there's opportunities to share with the villagers about Christ. And so um, I'm really excited to be able to do that. Well, that's exciting, and we'll be um, praying for you. We'll get out prayer requests to the church family and such, and pray for you a little bit later in this service as well. Uh, but it's just exciting to see what God's doing in your life and your family's life. Uh, it's exciting just to be able to, encouraging to be able to walk the journey with you as well. So thanks for your willingness to share this morning. Um, and let's just, let's just give God praise yeah. for what he's done in Megan's life and family. Now we'd like to invite the children to come up for the children's message. All right. How are you two doing today? Good? Nice. You guys awake? Not really? It was kind of funny. We woke my son Luke up today, and he was like a complete zombie. Like he, we told him to get socks, and he didn't even know what socks were. It was hilarious. So, have you guys ever heard about like uh, ants? Do you guys know about ants? Do you guys know what ants are? You do. All right, awesome. What are some awesome things that you know about ants? Can you tell me? They can pick up heavy food. But they're actually kind of easy to pick up because they have a lot of strongness. Yeah, that's true. It's really easy. You can pick up an ant, right? You could probably hold a lot of ants. And ants are, but you're absolutely right. What? An ant bit you? That's not fun. It's not fun at all. It was a red ant? Yeah, those are the mean ones. Nobody likes red ants. Yeah, black ants are the nice ones. They're, they're a little better, usually. So, yeah, you, like what you mentioned, though, ants are really, really strong, right? Does any, do you guys have a guess about how much an ant can lift? Any guesses? Maybe, like, this high. Yeah, he can lift, he can lift stuff that high. Yeah. An ant can lift 50 times his body weight. So I weigh under 200 pounds. That would be like me. Let me see if I can do math. 50 times 2, what? 1,000? Yeah, 1,000. All right, I'm going to go with that because I'm not a math major. That would be like me lifting up 1,000 pounds, which is 10,000. Cool. I could lift 10,000 pounds. Which is a lot. That's like more than your car. That's a lot more than your car weighs. That's a lot of 
of pounds. But did you know they're not, in terms of pound for pound, they're not the strongest insect? They're not, in, they're not the strongest animal in the animal kingdom? There's actually two more that can lift more than an ant. Um, the first one is a rhinoceros beetle. I would show you a picture, but they're kind of gross. Not a hippopotamus beetle. That one, that, those are kind of weak. Um, but the rhinoceros beetle can hold up to 850 times his weight. That would be like you holding 850 people in your arms. That's a lot, isn't it? But there's something that's even more strong than a rhinoceros beetle, and that's the dung beetle. They can lift over a thousand times their body weight. That would be like us, or like me, an average person, I'm going with it, pulling six double-decker buses stacked on top of each other, loaded full of people. At least that's what the internet says. So that's like a ton. And the point I'm trying to make here is that these, these beetles are like really, really tiny, right? And so are ants and these beetles. But they can do really amazing things. And the point that I'm trying to make is that I believe that you guys, even though you're small, can do really amazing things. Today we're talking about how, um, you know, the st- we're sharing stories of people who have had their lives changed by Jesus Christ. And most of those have happened through the relationships and the friendships that they have by hearing about Jesus. And you guys can do that as well by sharing the love of Jesus that you have found with the people around you and by treating the people around you with love and respect and pointing them toward Jesus and telling them about the stories of what Jesus has done in your life. All right? And I want to pray right now that God would help you to do that. Dear Lord, I thank you for these three young people that are up here today. Lord, we know that you love them so much and that you have amazingly big plans for their life. Lord, you um, have a desire to have a relationship with them where you allow them to experience the newness of life in Jesus Christ. Lord, we know that you also desire for them to be sharing your love with the people around them. And Lord, I pray that they would do that and that their one life would multiply into a thousand lives knowing about you. Amen. All right, you guys can go have a seat. Yes. Okay, good. It's on. So um, I have Corey Landon up here with me. Uh, he is a college student, and he is going to tell us um, how he has been growing in his relationship with God in college. But first, I'm going to tell you a story about um, our middle school Bible study that we have on Tuesday night. Uh, it's been one of my favorite nights of the week on Tuesdays because we have a lot of fun uh, playing dodgeball and chasing kids around in the dark. But that's a whole other story. Um, But we do more than just have a lot of fun. We also uh, really talk a lot about Jesus. And we focus on training these kids to reach out to their friends and um, both invite them uh, to Bible study in the church, but also to have spiritual conversations uh, with their friends about Jesus. And almost every week I uh, hear stories of students um, either telling me about a conversation that they had with their friends about Jesus or um, asking me a question like, hey, my, my friend asked me this asked me this, and I don't know how to answer it. And so I get an opportunity to kind of um, help them grow in that. But um, one of the other things that's really cool about the Bible study is just the amount of friends that have uh, been invited. 
And I want to tell you the story about uh, one girl who invited uh, four of her friends uh, when she was uh, in fifth grade, which is the first year that they're allowed to come to middle school Bible study. She invited four of her friends uh, in fifth grade. And later that year, those four friends invited, and those four girls have invited like many, many friends. Um, But I want to highlight one in particular um, who came later that year. Um, because later this year, that girl invited one of her friends, uh, actually four of her friends came, um, and those guys have been coming regularly, and then one of them invited um, another one of the friends. So there's a fifth generation of friend being invited uh, to middle school Bible study, uh, which is really cool to see, and um, many of those friends have had an opportunity to hear the gospel, and a, a few of the friends that have uh, come to the middle school Bible study, have put their trust in Jesus Christ, which is really, really exciting for me because that's why we do what we do, and that's why I, uh, you know, suffer through playing dodgeball and running around in the dark. Uh, but anyway, um, I want to just talk with Corey now. Um, I, I about, don't run around in the dark anymore. I don't get to do that. Yeah, you don't get to do that anymore. Sorry. You have to be adult. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. That's good. So anyway... <laughs> Uh, what are some specific areas in your life that you've seen growth uh, since you've started college? Yeah, um, I think kind of one or two overarching themes come to mind. Uh, when I came to college and seeing like over the past year and a half, two years, uh, I'd say like kind of my leadership skills, like that God has like been working in and through me uh, with that. Um, my, the summer after my freshman year, I... I uh, did a summer mission or summer project with crew and went to Australia for five weeks. And doing that really helped me become a lot more comfortable with sharing the gospel and how to explain my faith to people in a variety of different ways with different tools and such. Uh, and then beginning of last year, I started like kind of helping lead a Bible study. And then this year, uh, the way the crew does it, there's like your target area leader and then there's a coach. And the leader is usually like in the the dorm or the residence hall and the coach kind of helps like teach the leader how to lead it and then eventually hands it off so I was like the leader and it was handed off to me last year and this year I'm the coach so I'm kind of like teaching another guy how to lead the bible study and then handing it off to him to like so he can like eventually learn how to do it and then hand it off to someone else kind of like that uh yeah and then we just I just got back from TCX which is a winter conference for crew and do a day of outreach there where we go out around the community and share our faith. Uh, and I was really surprised this year just kind of like how extremely comfortable I was and excited to go talk to people. And so, yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, what are some of the influences that have helped you to grow in your faith through college? Yeah. Uh, again, uh, kind of one large thing is Crew or Campus Crusade for Christ, or is form- formerly known as. Uh, so when I came to college, I kind of thought I'd check out Crew. Pastor Brandon was like, hey, you should check out Crew and Chip Martinson and my mom. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, you say so, I'll look at it. Uh, and I thought I'll just kind of like dip my feet, get like my toe wet or whatever, which, you know, doesn't work that well because you kind of fall like all the way in. <laughs> so I eventually got kind of involved in Crew and a guy called me some days like, hey, you wrote your name down on some piece of paper somewhere and like a door prize card or you fill out a survey. And he's like, you want to meet up? And I was like, sure. And then I hung up the phone. And I was like, why did I say yeah? I don't even know this guy. So I met him at one of our dining halls and uh, soon found out that him and I had a lot in common. He just graduated uh, the previous year and was now interning with Crew, 
and it was the same major that I was uh, going into, and a lot of like the same uh, like background and stuff. So him and I started meeting up, and crew does a thing called discipleship, and it's where like just an older person in their faith disciples a younger person. And so uh, this guy's name was Mike, and he became my discipler, and we started meeting up every week, and uh, yeah, that really helped me uh, grow a lot in my faith doing that. And then uh, another large thing, I'd say just like the community, something I've learned a lot about is having like a strong community of Christian like friends and men around me up at school. Uh, With crew, like we have a really good uh, like men's ministry that they have, and a lot of events, like called Man Maker, that we do in like the spring and do lots of manly things there. So that's really cool. Yeah. Nice. That sounds like fun. It is. Good. I'll tell you about it later. Sweet. All right. Uh, finally, how have you seen God uh, putting you in positions of leadership to help others grow? Yeah. So I kind of touched on that a little before. So I think seeing when I was at TCX this year, it's the Twin Cities Experience. That's what TCX stands for. Uh, and they the experience starts with an E. Crew didn't major in English. I don't know. <laughs> it's okay, neither did I. <laughs> or math, apparently. <laughs> Oops. So yeah, uh, they asked everyone to like stand up that like was willing to drive to the area of the community we were going to, and then they were like, "Oh, like stand up if you're comfortable sharing your faith." And like I stood up, and I kind of was had. I went down to Panama City Beach this past spring on a like a crew trip for the week and shared like with all like the scene in Panama City Beach down there. And again, like like oh, if you're comfortable sharing, go to this side of like the room or whatever. And I went on that side and I was like, well, when did that happen? Uh, so kind of seeing that like God working through me, like making me kind of shift from like one side, like being like poured into and learning how to share my faith. And now I'm the one that's like comfortable and like yeah, I'm gonna I'll help you figure that out. And like let's go out together and I'll kind of show you the way and then again like uh leading bible study just seeing that kind of like the ups and downs and i was trying to get guys to come to that and then uh co-leading the worship team for our crew movement up there has just been another way of seeing like people come on worship team and then uh i can just think of one guy that came on worship team that transferred and just now being on worship team and having like fellow like community to seeing him uh, grow a lot in his faith awesome it was really cool hearing you story uh, i want to pray for you Real fast. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for the awesome things that you're doing in Corey's life. Lord, how you have uh, just really brought him um, from a young man. Uh, Lord, I remember meeting him in seventh grade and just uh, how he wanted to learn and grow in his faith, uh, even from from that age, Lord, and how you've developed him from a person who now loves following you and sharing his faith and helping others to follow his faith. Lord, I pray that you would continue to use him in ways that just blow his mind uh, and his expectations and that um, so many people come to faith through him and not not just come to faith in him or in you through him, but are trained and taught how to do the same, Lord, and that um, you would multiply uh, your life in Christ through Corey. Amen.